Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Uh, it's time for week three. Hope you guys have won your matchups in week two. Hopefully you got, a, you got off to a good start this season. Uh, but it's always time to improve. Whether you're at 0-2, 1-1, 2-0, you got to keep improving that team. Because you can have a good team in the beginning of the year, you know, and things kind of dwindle down. You got to kind of keep improving. You know, it might mean that you had a good draft, but that's not where you win your league. You, you win your league throughout the season adding trading all that so let's get into the week three waiver wire additions um now most of these players are going to be 60 percent rostered or lower there might be a couple of guys that add in here and there who are you know slightly uh higher you know rostered percentage wise um i don't think there's anybody this week that you know i'm kind of blowing my fab over um you know what i mean like you kind of want to save that fab this particular week there's going to be that week where you, you know there's some running back that gets hurt and everyone's kind of blowing their fab so you kind of want to save for that um but you know there are a couple of must ads in my opinion uh demarcus robinson and micole hardman are two of them now these guys are going to be streaky right like but you know you're chasing this upside patrick mahomes is just killing it you know he's in the zone just like how he was last year but they have no tyree kill so they're kind of trying to figure things out on the fly and these two had a great week in week one, especially Robinson. Um, he was the primary beneficiary of Tyreek Hill getting hurt. Uh, keep in mind that both him and Hardman got six target, targets each in this game. Uh, Hardman would have had two long touchdowns as well uh, if LaShawn McCoy didn't get called for a hold on that second one, which would have been a 70-yard touchdown. Um, so he hit the stat line, you know, is a little bit deceiving there. Um, but Sammy Watkins still led the team with 13 targets. He's still the guy there with Hill out. Um, just didn't work out for him. You know, it could have been that, you know, he was being double teamed more and the other guys were just kind of running open. Uh, but these, these two will get their opportunities at, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, the upside that he brings. Um, so, you know, these two can totally bomb <laughs> next week and you kind of have to know that if you're putting them in your lineup. You're just kind of chasing that upside uh, that this offense presents. Um, also, you got to keep in mind that these are short-term options, right? Hill's going to come back in a month or so. Um, Harbin should have been picked up last week, but he's still available in about 60% of leagues. So both of these guys, I'm picking both up. Uh, if I had to choose one, it might be Robinson, um, you know, because he was being targeted, you know, in different different parts of the field. But it could be either guy next week. Okay, Terry McLaurin, uh, still available in about 50% of leagues. Like, he is, like, the guy who should be fully rostered. Uh, he can bring you season-long value. Um, he's leading the Redskins in every category required to be labeled as a true number one wide receiver for his team. He has a rapport with Case Keenum. Uh, we know he has a rapport with his college quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, if that change were to ever take place this season. Um, he's super talented. He had a second straight good week. Um, with his volume going up from 7 to 9 targets, he scored in both weeks as well. Target share, you know, is safe going forward. Not much competition there. So, you know, it's basically him and Chris Thompson for the Redskins. And Chris Thompson's a running back. So, you know, those high depth of throws is going to go McLaurin's way. And he leads them in air yards and all that. So, he, he's, he's the guy, like, if you're looking for a season-long option, um, don't necessarily need, like, a guy to chase upside with. You know, considering those Chiefs wide receivers. McLaurin is the guy that, that I'm going after. Um, now, moving into, you know, the running back ads for the week. Carlos Hyde, 20 carries for 90 yards last week. He leapfrogged Duke Johnson as the primary running back in Houston's backfield. Um, Johnson only got six carries in this game. He targeted only once. 
He also outsnapped Duke Johnson 60% to 40%. Um, you know, the game script definitely went in Hyde's favor. Um, he did have two scoreless weeks, but, you know, he's been relatively efficient. He totaled 83 rushing yards on 10 carries in week one, too. So he's going to be touchdown dependent, right, since he's not involved in the pass game. But Houston is a good offense, right, to get 20 carries for and potentially get that goal line work. Hopefully you picked up Raheem Mostert last week. The only reason Mostert, you know, isn't a must-add is because the 49ers have a relatively tough matchup this week against the Steelers. Uh, he has a bye in week four, but he had a great game last week. Uh, you know, Tevin Coleman can still miss a game or two after their bye in week four. Um, Mostert led the 49ers in uh, backfield in touches this past week, you know, mostly because they were blowing the Bengals out. Uh, but he's the 1B in that successful run game uh, to Matt Breida being the 1A. Uh, he ran 13 for 83, caught 3 or 4 for 68. That's the type of volume that we would welcome uh, into our flex. So hope you added him last week. Now, just keep in mind that he was, I think, splitting touches with Brita. Brita was leading that 13 to 11, you know, midway through the third quarter while the game was like, you know, considered somewhat competitive. Um, but after that, that's kind of when Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson took over uh, as the main backs with um, Matt Brita sitting in the fourth quarter. Chris Thompson, same thing. Hope you added him last week. I think he's the best PPR ad since you can potentially use him all year. <laughs> Hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, but he caught five of eight targets for 48 yards in week two. Caught seven of 10 for 68 in week one. So for a PPR back, that's great usage. You know, I think he'll be somewhat reliable in PPR leagues, giving you 10 to 15 points. Um, and that's a solid floor, right? That's kind of what you're looking for um, in, in, a, in a PPR back. And we know Thompson has had big games in the past. So the ceiling is there. You know, anytime he touches the ball. Thompson, once again, led the Washington backfield in snaps. Um, even, you know, Adrian Peterson was even, you know, splitting snaps on early downs. So Thompson has the best role um, of any back on that team. Next up is Jalen Samuels. James Conner hurt his knee in week two. Steelers are being a little bit hush-hush about it. Uh, we don't know the severity of the injury right now. Um, you know, we probably won't know until the start, you know, until we start getting some practice reports. Um, but, you know, the vibe is that it's not serious, um, but Samuels played almost every snap in, you know, in Connor's fourth quarter absence last week. We're probably not going to know his status for week two today, so pick up Samuels if you want some really, really great upside at running back next week, uh, but knowing that Connor can potentially play. So don't, you know, go ahead and spend so much fab, but, you know, spend a little bit j just in case, um, you know, nothing that you're not willing to lose uh, totally this week. Darwin Thompson, um, oh, by the way, just on Jalen Samuels, like, even if Connor does play, let's say he gets a bunch of limited practices in, it's possible that, you know, Samuels has a decent role even alongside, um, you know, alongside Connor, so he's not completely useless in week three. Uh, Darwin Thompson, both Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy got banged up in week two, like, late in the game. Um, Williams had an apparent knee contusion, which is like a bruise, you know, it shouldn't be serious enough to miss the game. Uh, McCoy had an ankle injury that they had an MRI on and they deemed as not serious either. So if either were to miss time, Thompson will get some opportunity. Um, and, you know, with opportunity, he'll have some sh have a shot to change Andy Reid's mind as far as, like, who should be on the field with the starters. Maybe he comes in and replaces, you know, one of the, the current starters in, you know, McCoy uh, and Damian Williams. Uh, it's totally possible. Now, obviously, it's a little bit of a long shot, but you kind of want to look 
at these guys who have potential league-winning ability. Um, he flashed in a huge way this preseason. Um, if he's given the opportunity, then, you know, something can happen. Right now, he's a stash. He might be flex-worthy uh, if either Williams or McCoy miss week three. But he's somebody that, if he's available on the wires, he's one of my favorite stashes uh, at the moment, just because of how fluid this backfield seems to be at the moment. Okay, Rashad Penny. Uh, Chris Carson had 18 touches in this game, uh, was looking to have a big day, but he did lose two fumbles in this game. Um, his third loss fumble in two games. So he was basically benched for Rashad Penny until they needed him for a late fourth quarter, um, a fourth and short, I'm sorry, to win the game in late in the fourth quarter. Um, who knows how the backfield will look next week. I have a feeling Carson will be back in his role, but we'll see. Snap count ended up being 54% to 33% in Carson's favor. It's totally possible that, you know, this is cause for Penny to be more involved going forward, especially with him taking advantage of his opportunity this past week. You know, he, had, he made some good plays. He's available in about 40% of leagues. Um, so, you know, take a shot. You know, he could get a bigger role moving forward. Okay, Frank Gore uh, got volume last week. Uh, he was not efficient, you, you know, which is just like Frank Gore. But if you badly need a running back, He's a potential pickup and start with Devin Singletary going down uh, with a hamstring injury. Singletary is listed as day-to-day, and by the way, I think they called it a calf injury. Um, But playing next week doesn't seem likely. He's a deeper league, desperate option. Talking about Frank Gore here, he has a great matchup this week against Cincinnati, though. Um, The 49ers, you saw last week, their three running backs combined for 238 rushing yards against them last week. So Gore can do some things. He's the goal line back. Um... You know, obviously, the, you know, the guy who's going to spell Gore and also come in in passing situation is TJ Yeldon. Um, not sure how interested I am in him. We haven't seen enough of a sample size of them passing to the running backs. Um, Singletary did get a bunch of targets in week one, but that might just have been because they wanted to get him the ball in the passing game. TJ Yeldon can do some things too. He's a talented back, but we just have no idea what the usage is going to look like and whether, you know, they're going to be down in this game for them to have Yeldon in a whole a whole lot. Um, against Cincinnati, uh, Peyton Barber, <laughs> you know, we're really digging, digging deep here, but you know, Ronald Jones, he outplayed Barber in week one, but he hardly got a chance in week two. You know, this is just like how Bruce Arians does his thing. Like even if, you know, if a running back, running back has to do things like, you know, how, how Bruce Arians wants him to do it. So it didn't work out. Um, you know, Barber instead, he got a whopping 23 carries, um, totaled 82 yards. One of them was a touchdown. Um, and, and that type of volume seems like Bruce Arians wants to ride him to keep James Winston's attempts as low as possible. Uh, but, you know, Barber has a decent matchup against the Giants this week, so if you're desperate at a running back, Barber has a shot to get volume uh, once again. If I had to choose between him and Frank Gore, I think Gore has a better shot at getting volume, but Barber is probably the better play, I would say. Okay, going to wide receivers, John Brown. He's likely not available in your league, but you should check. He's available in around 30% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, He's the true number one in Buffalo. He's a great player. He's catching balls all over the field, short, intermediate, deep. He has a slightly tough matchup this week, but he has great great season-long value. He's currently in every week wide receiver three right now. So if you can get that off the waiver wire, that is great. Um, James Washington, two things going for him right now. One is that his college quarterback, Mason Rudolph, who he killed it with in college, is now the starter. The same guy who continued to kill it with him in the preseason. The other thing that's going for him is Dante Moncrief sucking. Moncrief was benched last week after dropping a pass, which ended up as an interception. 
Um, I think Washington's playing time will likely increase. Rudolph should look his way as much as possible. So keep in mind that Juju wasn't on the field with these guys in the preseason. He's still obviously the best wide receiver on that team. So the volume might not be there for Washington. But the big playability and the rapport is hard to ignore. So um, there's a lot of upside here. So Washington would be one of my preferred pickups this week. Okay, DJ Chark. He led the Jaguars in targets last week in Gardner Minshew's first start. He only saw four targets in week one. Uh, but did a lot with it. He caught all four of them for 146 yards and a touchdown. In week two, he saw volume. He caught seven of nine for 55 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, Chris Conley, D.D. Westbrook, they both only saw five targets last week. Um, Chark can continue to see the majority of Minshew's looks. He's not a priority ad, you know, because of the offense, but Chark has big playability, so he has a ceiling on top of any volume that he does get. Okay, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, both Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey were hurt early in that game on Sunday, so Aguilar stepped in as the de facto number one, performed catching 8 of 11 for 107 yards and a touchdown. No word on how serious their injuries are, but if you are in need of a wide receiver, there's a good chance neither of these guys will be ready for week three. Um, the only concern this week is him potentially being shadowed by Darius Slay. Um, surprisingly, Slay Sh- 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 <laughs> actually shadowed uh, Keenan Allen into the slot last week. Um, I'm not sure Aguilar deserves shadow treatment, but if he's the number one option, it's possible. They, they do have, you know, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, um, Mac Hollins, um, you know, a, a, as bigger guys. And, you know, maybe they choose not to shadow Aguilar because of it, but, but we'll see. Uh, either way, he could see some volume in this game. Uh, Debo Samuel led the 49ers in receiving in week two. He's looking like a pretty good rookie. Um, his seven targets was a team high. He caught five for 87 and a touchdown. Um, Dante Pettis didn't have any touches, even though he played a couple more snaps. Keep in mind that Samuel saw the most wide receiver snaps in week one. Um, they decided to play Pettis more this week, resulting in less snaps for Debo. Um, but Debo still way outperformed him. Pettis wasn't even targeted. He was just involved in a trick play. Um, I think Samuel has a super bright future. He might not be consistent enough um, since no wide receiver here is currently playing a full complement of snaps. Uh, but I think right now, like, he's the wide receiver that I want to have. Um, there's an opportunity to become the number one uh, with Kyle Shanahan still trying to figure out this wide receiver core. So there's an opportunity to get to the top of this wide receiver core and play a full complement of snaps. Uh, DK Metcalf, uh, he's he had more targets in week two than in week one. Uh, you know, even with Tyler Lockett going from two targets to 12 targets, um, he caught three of seven targets for 61 yards and a touchdown. The volume isn't crazy high, but Metcalf has a chance to score on any play, uh, especially with Russell Russell Wilson as his quarterback. So with the Michael Gallup injury, Devin Smith and Randall Cobb uh, are a little bit more interesting. Um, I think saying that Devin Smith can replace and produce in Gallup's role would be downplaying how good Gallup is. Um, So, you know, Gallup is out two to four weeks with that meniscus tear. Uh, Smith will definitely play more. Uh, and Kellen Moore's offense, you know, it gives a lot of promise. So, you know, it, that it's that factor can elevate Smith uh, to a startable fantasy option. I think he's desperate this week, uh, even though it's a great matchup against Miami. Um, Xavier Howard likely shadowing Amari Cooper. Howard did shadow Josh Gordon on almost every route he ran last week. Uh, but Randall Cobb, you know, is probably the safer option since he'll likely get more targets with, you know, than Smith with Gallup out. And I think they'll work to get Cobb more involved in this game. I know a lot of guys are, are scrambling for tight ends. Um, but, you know, Greg Olson's available. 
he's been getting volume. Nine targets in each of the first two games. Uh, turned that volume into 110 yards in week two. So he's not done, guys. Uh, he's rostered around 61% in Yahoo leagues. So if he's available, he's probably the priority add uh, if you're looking for a tight end. Vernon Davis, Jordan Reed, you know, either of these guys, whoever is active, like, well, Davis is going to be active, but if Reed plays, you can start him. Um, if Reed doesn't play, you can start Davis. I think both guys will be targeted. They're involved enough in the passing game for for Washington if you're desperately searching for an option. Um, let's see if Reed is healthy enough for week three, but you can make that call later in the week most likely. Uh, Jason Witten, touchdown dependent option, but like at this point, that's kind of what you're looking for. You know, if you look, if you're digging this deep, um, but the good thing is that Dak is targeting his tight ends pretty heavily in the red zone right now. Uh, Witten has two touchdowns in two weeks, and if you're going to put him in your lineup, you just pray that he has another one in week three. I think long term, Chris Herndon um, is the best option available in almost every league. Um, he's back from suspension in week three. I'm sorry, in week six. So you're going to have to hold him for a little while. Um, you know, he was very much a part of the game plan last year. Sam Darnold has had a great rapport with him. And for a rookie tight end last year, he had a great year. Um, he should be targeted, you know, if you're in need of a reliable tight end. Um, just know that you're going to have to hold him for a little bit. But out of the options that's on the waiver wire, um, outside of Greg Olson, he might be the best, you know, season-long, uh, you know, t- potential tight end one. Okay, if you're digging really deep, Cameron Bray. Um Jameis loves him some Cameron Braid, even though this offense doesn't feature tight ends. You know, like, O.J. Howard on the field didn't get targeted last week. I think, you know, playing Cameron Braid is praying for a touchdown, right? He did have two touchdowns called back by a penalty in week one. So Jameis is looking his way in the end zone. So, you know, he has that rapport, even though O.J. Howard is there. Like, Jameis still looks Braid's way. So just keep that in mind. Uh, okay, moving to quarterbacks, you know, a couple quarterbacks lost this week with Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. I think Matt Stafford is probably my favorite pickup for this week and next week because um, he's going up against the Eagles this week. He, and they gave up an average of 350 passing yards and three touchdowns over the first two weeks of the season. Um, and that was to Case Keenum and Matt Ryan. Stafford does have five touchdowns, you know, over the past two weeks. Um, and I think that with the amount of weapons he has, he should have no problem taking care of this, you know, Eagles defense and getting you some fantasy points in week three. Um, and he has a potential shootout in week four against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, and then he has a week five bye. So, you know, over the next two weeks, those are two potential really good matchups for him. The next quarterback I'm looking at is Josh Allen. Went over 250 passing yards in each of the last two weeks. Um, even though he didn't rush a ton, he still gives you that threat. Um, 38 yards in week one, 21 in week two. Uh, he did give you a rushing touchdown in each of those games. Um, this week is a good matchup, you know, against Cincinnati. He might be forced to run a ton the week after against New England, you know, with the cornerbacks they have. So, hey, like, Josh Allen is a good good bet um, to, to, to give you some fantasy points over the next two weeks, especially this week. Okay, Kirk Cousins. Now, you know, there's a good chance this is another Dalvin Cook game against Oakland. Um, they did do a good job against Kansas City running backs last week, um, not letting them run at all. Uh, but, you know, Cook and the Vikings run game is a different story. That outside zone run is, is a little bit different. Um, Cousins, he threw two terrible picks last week, uh, but he does have a good matchup through the air in this one. Still has Thielen, still has Diggs, still has a couple of good tight ends. So, you know, if you're down to him as an option, you know, if you're considering Kirk 
and you know you're kind of digging deep after that, I, I would just throw Kirk in my lineup. Jimmy G is an option this week. Uh, Pittsburgh gave up three passing touchdowns in each of the last two weeks uh, to a couple of great QBs, though, in Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. Uh, but Brady doesn't pass for 341 yards that often. Like He went over 300 yards five times last season. The Steelers are good against the run, so Jimmy might be forced to throw it more often than they would like him to. So more, more opportunity can lead to more fantasy points in this situation. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, he threw three touchdowns against Tennessee last week. Um, two touchdowns in week one. Atlanta didn't give up a ton of fantasy points over the past two weeks, but you know Kirk Cousins didn't need to didn't need to do anything with only ten attempts in week one, and then Carson Wentz was short his top options in week two, right? He lost to Sean Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, um, he even lost Dallas Goddard, um, so that's kind of understandable there. So at home I, I, in Indy, I think Brissett has a relatively high floor, has some rushing upside. Um, and if the Falcons put some points on him, he's going to have to throw the ball. Okay, moving on, Mason Rudolph. Uh, he has weapons. He's in a good system. He likes to throw the ball downfield. He has upside. You know, uh, James Washington, if he steps in to become a full-time player, that rapport that he has with him, on top of that, having one of the best wide receivers in Juju, he can make Rudolph, the, you know, those guys can make Rudolph a decent fantasy quarterback. So, um, you know, it's a real upside play. Obviously, he can struggle. Um, you know, there's a lot of growing pains involved, but at the same time, I think he can be fine uh, when you consider the system and the weapons around him. Okay, Daniel Jones, he's getting the start this week for Eli Manning. Obviously, we're digging deep here. Um, Cam Newton, like last week against the Bucks, he threw for 333 yards. Uh, he was being terribly, terribly inaccurate on a lot of those throws. On a lot of those throws, but he still was able to get it done. Um, Daniel Jones looked great in the preseason. Um, there's going to be growing pains, obviously, for rookies, but this is a good matchup for him against the Bucks. Hopefully, he gets Sterling Shepard back this week. That would help a lot. Um, this is a desperate play, but Jones does have some upside, even on the road in this matchup. That being said, I do like Tampa Bay's defense, too. Right? It, this game could go either way, but they're one of the, my last defensive streaming options. Um, the first defensive streaming option is Dallas against Miami. They're available in about 30% of leagues, Dallas's. So just check if they're available first. Um, next would be Buffalo against Cincy, uh, Green Bay against Denver, Tennessee in Jacksonville, Arizona against Carolina. If Cam Newton doesn't play, he did re-aggravate uh, that foot injury he had. Uh, Tampa Bay against New York, like I said, would be the last option just because they're at home going up against a rookie quarterback. So that's all I had. Um, and by the way, Tampa Bay did score some fantasy points for you, you know, if you, I don't know if you started them, but they did score some fantasy points over the last two weeks, so, yeah, that's it, that's all I had, guys, if you have any questions, hit me up at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram, appreciate you guys listening, I really do, um, hit me up, um, leave a comment on one of my posts, if you have any questions about this week, as far as waivers go, I'm looking into matchups today, I'm gonna go over some running back matchups in, uh, tomorrow's podcast, so t- stay tuned for that, and I'll see you guys soon, take it easy, later.